Welcome to the Weekend Entertainment Edition of the Literature and Film Podcast, a.k.a. The We Laugh. Our mission is to inform you of the latest entertainment choices for the weekend ahead, either at the cinema or streaming at home. And now, from a remote location on the East Coast, in the heart of Flying Bull Productions Studios, your host, Richard Lusk and Ryan Bull. Welcome to Flying Bull Productions Studios for Laugh Episode Number One Ninety Five, a We Laugh Edition for the November Eighteenth Weekend. We're your host, Richard Lusk. Over there is Ryan Bull. Howdy. <laughs> Uh, how are you, sir? I'm doing excellent. Are you excited about this weekend's uh, offerings from Hollywood? Super excited. Really? Yep. Four big movie releases, actually three uh, coming out this weekend and one going wide. Uh, I think a few of these have Oscar potential. Hopefully. Um, some of them are sort of sequel-ish in a way. Maybe one of them is sequel-ish. Yeah, and then yeah. uh, interesting directors, interesting actors. Which movie are you most interested in seeing this weekend? Oh, I have a guess. The Edge of Seventeen. I thought that was going to be your one that you I, would pick out of all these. I told you I was excited for this movie back when we reviewed uh, The Bronze. Oh, okay. Yeah. Because it stars Haley Lou Richardson as the friend, best friend Krista of Nadine, st- uh, the star of the movie, played by... Haley Steinfeld, Steinfield, I always mispronounce that, I don't know why, uh, whose older brother, Darren, is dating this girl, so that was very complicated, wasn't it? Haley Steinfeld's older brother, Darren, starts dating her best friend, Krista, played by Haley Lou Richardson, and uh, I guess this is sort of a throwback kind of thing to those... 80s teen angsty movies of John Hughes? I, I guess, but it seems to have the potty mouth of a super bad. Ooh, okay. Do you have any idea of the rating? I didn't write that down here. Oh, it's a hard R. Oh, really? Uh, saw the Red Band trailer a month or two ago. <laughs> There's a Red Band trailer. Woody Harrelson is in this too. He plays her teacher that she wants to confide in, and all he wants to do is be left alone to enjoy his 25 minutes to eat lunch in peace and quiet. This is directed by Kelly Freeman Craig. It's her directorial debut. Uh, you know, being young is always kind of weird and messy anyway. Mm-hmm. Overly complicated. I'm not sure if this kind of outcast exists anymore because Haley Steinfeld, although, like you said, the trailer was pretty affecting because mm-hmm. she is not an unattractive young girl now, but she plays unattractive in the movie. She's able to be that sort of chameleon. That makes this movie, I think, maybe sort of interesting. Well, she's always pouting and just looking upset, and yeah, you like can. She's not being perky. I, th- I think you've. I, I think we've seen kids like this <laughs> in real life. So, yeah, no, no, you just want to be like, come on, be happy. And then Haley Lee Richardson just she gets the perky, a little bit of a ditz role, and I, I think she's nailing it. Yeah, there. she's being typecast in the last couple of movies. Yeah, but. She was uh, great I'm, in the bronze. She was great. Uh, Haley Steinfeld, we've enjoyed since we saw True Grit back in 2010. Mm. She's done a lot of other films of barely lethal, var- varying levels of success. Three Days to Kill with Kevin Costner. She might be the best actress working in the in the western genre today. <laughs> she did. Uh, she had a small part in The Homesman, but she was also in uh, last year's The Keeping Room and True Grit. 
one of the top five westerns of the last 20 years for me. She's a very talented actress. I was surprised to see she's only 20. Oh, that surprised you? Because I felt like she was, you know, a late teen no, she years was four, and years she ago. She was 14 in 2010. Now she's 20. She's, 14, uh, she, right. she's been around for a, a, a long time, but yet she still is playing a teenage role. And she still looks like a teenager. Yeah, she's doing a really good job the, with this from the trailer from what I've seen. Yeah. Craig said this movie exposes the inner asshole. I don't know if I want to see that or not. So I don't know if we're going to review this, Mr. Bull. I'm, I hate to disappoint you. It's possible. Okay. Maybe we'll do a double feature. What else could we Because be? the movie that I'm most interested in seeing is Bleed for This. The the story of Vinny Pazienza, the Pasmanian devil, who was a boxer who shot to stardom, won two world titles, and then had a near-fatal car accident, which left him with a broken neck. Um, he's told he may never walk again. Against all odds, he hooks up with uh, Kevin Rooney, who's the trainer for him, and he helps Vinny return to the ring. So I'm going to leave you to guess whether or not he's actually successful with his comeback. (laughs) Uh, This is directed by Ben Younger. Mm -hmm. Uh, It's his third film after 2000's uh, Boiler Room and 2005's Prime. So he's been sort of out of the game for a little bit. I think he's done a few... Short films. Um, stars Miles Teller as Vinny Pazienza. He's of the Int series of films. Yeah, is this now just a rite of passage for uh, young male actors? You have to go do a boxing film? Oh, maybe. Last year we had Creed. Earlier this year we had Hands of Stone. Mm-hmm. I feel like there's another boxing film I'm leaving out. I mean, it just seems like this is a rite well, of passage. Well, you had Southpaw. but that, Southpaw. There you go. Uh, Jay Jay Gyllenhaal has his been established. I don't know. It, I I kind of wish someone would give me millions of dollars to get in shape. Because <laughs> <laughs> then maybe I would, I would be likely to do it. Uh, he worked really hard for Whiplash just to be able to be a drummer and pull that off. So I think he'll be able to pull off this boxing thing. Um, Aaron Eckhart also stars in this. He plays Kevin Rooney. Mm-hmm. So I, I think that he's a very key role in this movie. And I, he's been being tagged for um, supporting actor nomination. Uh, I'm a big Aaron Eckhart fan. I thought he was great as Two-Face in uh, The Dark Knight. Mm. Uh, Thank you for, for smoking. Yeah, I think that was the first time I really noticed how awesome he can be. He was, uh, the, the character he plays, Kevin Rooney, was Tyson's trainer. Mm. Up until the point where Tyson was 35-0. and 0. And then he hooked up with Don King, and Don King made him cut his ties with Kevin Rooney. He eighteen months later he loses to Buster Douglas. Yeah. Tyson does, and you know, there's video online of Kevin Rooney like wailing away on Tyson. Now, Kevin Rooney would be an interesting movie, mm-hmm. just him. But now that you've done uh, Hands of, or uh, sorry, Bleed for this, and uh, they they had a Tyson movie out a couple of years ago, 2005, I think there's a movie called Tyson. Yeah. His documentary. Uh, well, then he's got oh, his one I, man that was a show. documentary. I thought there was another, maybe it was a TV movie about Tyson. Maybe. Yeah. Um, anyway, so believe for this is the movie I'm most interested in. You're interested in the age of 17, but there's also another movie that's coming out and it's sort of the sequel, sequel movie that I was referencing earlier in the show that seemed to be confusing for you. Fantastic beasts and where to find them. This is the one that most of my students are interested in. Really? Yeah. They haven't, well, in film class. If they're interested in movies, the kids don't go to movies much anymore. But those that do want to see Harry Potter. 
it, it, Harry Potter still holds the yeah. appeal that it did. Doesn't that surprise you? Yeah, I, I don't know. Uh, the beginning of the school year, I asked our librarian if she was going to have the new Harry Potter book in there, and she goes, "Yeah, I don't think there's really a need." Oh, the one where the it's a play mm-hmm. or something? Really? Because yeah. I saw I've seen more kids reading that than reading pretty much anything else. I was, yeah, I was pretty surprised. She's like, "No, the Harry Potter craze is kind of over," and I'm like, "Okay, huh? Well, maybe I'm completely wrong. She would. Ha- she has her finger on the pulse of maybe. I know they have four more." Fantastic Beasts movies planned. Yeah, five Fantastic Beasts and where to find them. And supposedly Dave, or director David Yates is going to direct all of them. David Yates of Harry Potter movies and uh, last year's Legends of, or this year's Legends of Tarzan, which I think you liked a lot more than I did. Yeah. Anyway. Uh, so this tells the story of Newt Scamander, set in 1926. I'm kind of interested in seeing that uh, the production values of a period piece set in this world. Uh, but this guy was uh, supposed to go and find and document the array of magical creatures, and something happens when he arrives in America. Comes across somebody who interferes with him in some way. Mm-hmm. I guess I, I'm trying to avoid spoiling anything for anybody that's interested in going to see it, but I suppose uh, this is a an original based on an encyclopedia that she created to catalog the creatures and things yeah, in the world. it was just kind of a reference book. And then uh, this is actually J.K. Rowling's first time writing a screenplay. So that's kind of interesting. Yeah. Stars Colin Farrell uh, as, well, I, I guess the lead star, the guy that plays Newt's commander, is Eddie Redmayne. Looks looks a lot like listener Nicole C.'s husband. Yeah. Also uh, stars Catherine Watterson. She, she might have been the only really good thing about Inherent Vice. She was solid. I, I thought she was good in that. She looks to me sort of like Brie Larson. Yes. They, who, they, there's a lot of crossover there. Who looks like Alicia Vikander. No, I no? don't see that one. Uh, Johnny then, Depp's got a cameo in this. Oh, really? Yeah. He oh, looks like spoiler you. alert. <laughs> yeah. Way to go. <laughs> it's also as Colin Farrell. He looks like my friend Brad. Uh, oh, so you're going to watch this movie. It's like all your friends are up there on the good screen. Yep. I don't, I don't know if I'm going to see this movie or not. Are you interested? I know your um, wife teaches middle school, so she's kind of interested in somewhat interested. I think this is the only movie that has a chance to make more money than the Star Wars film this fall. Oh, really? Yeah. I think it's between these two. Hmm. Because this will have legs on it. I mean, this is the family film to go see. They're having it come out a week before Thanksgiving. Right. It's going to do huge business over Thanksgiving. And Star Wars doesn't come out until, like, December 14th or something. Mm-hmm. I know all the Star Wars uh, fanboys are upset that I don't know the exact day that Rogue One is coming out. You know, I don't know. The Star Wars fanboys in my crowd mm-hmm. that I listen to, a couple of listeners and you know friends, guys we play poker with, um, they don't seem to really care that much about Rogue One. Really? Yeah. I think it, it's hitting the cultural zeitgeist because how how powerful Star Wars, it's like the Force Awakens was. But I don't think that they really much care one way or the other about Rogue One. From what I, I mean, of course, anecdotally, we're only talking about a very small. Oh, see, I thought that's people, the movie but, that wins the yeah, box but, office for the year, highest grossing film of 2016. Shouldn't it be a movie that. That has special effects attached to it, like Fantastic Beasts and Where to Find Them and Rogue One. I mean, that would make sense, right? 
a Star Wars movie or an Avengers movie or something like that. To see those things on a big screen is where you should be seeing. I tried to watch uh, of the Avengers movie, the last Avengers movie. Captain America Civil War? No. Age of Ultron? Yeah, and on a small screen. and Well, I didn't like it on the big screen either, but it, it doesn't work on a smaller screen in a smaller scale, but movies like that do. So I can see them going to see that. The other, another movie that needs to be probably seen on the big screen is uh Billy Lynn's long halftime walk, which is going wide this weekend. Uh, I think it came out in two or three theaters, but it was filmed in uh, 3d at 120 frames per second and shown in th- 3D at 120 frames per second at two different theaters and screened for critics at that uh, uh, shot rate. And it uh, didn't go over very well. People didn't care for it. People haven't cared for it, and I don't think that they're going to, they're not going to try to retrofit any movie theaters to show it in its originally intended projection. Yeah, I don't think form. you can see it in 3D anywhere else. Yeah. I think it's just 2D everywhere. Well, the 2D probably is just fine. People I talk to are interested in this movie. I'm interested in this movie. It's about the young private Billy Lynn, played by Joe Alwyn, uh, who's a brand new actor, just fresh out of acting school in London, uh, along with his fellow soldiers in Bravo Squad, including um, Vin Diesel and Garrett Hedlund. They come home for a victory tour, and then they realize that something is happening that contrasts with the reality of America's perceptions of them. And so uh, based on a book by Ben Fountain and directed by Ang Lee, that guy takes a lot, a lot of uh, chances with the movies that he makes. Apparently he doesn't storyboard anything. That's amazing. When you have, when you think about movies like Brokeback Mountain or Life of Pi, yeah, Life of Pi, how you can get away without doing a bunch of storyboards. Yeah. He just shoots it in his head. It's been called bizarre and artificial by David Sims in the Atlantic, original and heartfelt by uh, Owen Gleiberman, Variety Magazine, and Sweet Yet Bleak by A.O. Scott with the New York Times. So it's got about 49% rating on Rotten Tomatoes, mm-hmm. which is right where I think the accountant was and Jack Reacher. So <laughs> I don't think you should be comparing it to those two. No, films. I'm just saying that it's polarizing. People either mm-hmm. like it or they don't. I have a feeling I'm going to like it. It also stars Kristen Stewart and uh, my my favorite actor of the last 50 years, Steve Martin. I so, feel like this is the type of movie that you can watch it now, but you'll have to reevaluate in five or ten years. This film might find an audience later on down the road. It could, it could be. I mean, it's experimental in form. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and it's also dealing with a war that we're still fighting mm-hmm. in a lot of times it's hard to truly evaluate themes it'll about be interesting. war when you're that close to it. It'll be interesting in a, to see it in a double feature with uh, Hacksaw Ridge in five years. Like if they release it again. Both movies in the same theater. Well, I mean, that's the, the thing. Night. We're still making movies about World War II and still exploring, mm-hmm. you know, those. But ideas. arguably, Hacksaw Ridge is definitely old school movie making. You oh. Know, by, a, by a, you know, a director that is has auteur... Mm-hmm. sensibilities ang lee is sort of new school whatever experimental and they're dealing with different wars at different times but yeah so. um since you brought up hats ridge 
uh, super fan Tony C wrote into the show and he, uh, when saw Hatsaw Ridge, he said it was a great movie. It moved along well and that he didn't look at his watch once during it. The battle scenes were all well done, uh, very intense and realistically graphic, mm-hmm. which I think we both agree with. Uh, his favorite part was the end when you actually see the real DOS and the other soldiers talking about the events of the film. Yeah, a la Sully. Yeah. Sully he- did the same sort of thing. So, uh, and I thought it was a good film, very powerful. Yeah, I was moved by it. So, uh, we'll probably we, we didn't review it. We had a lot of stuff. We had, it was the end of the quarter last <laughs> last week, and we missed a show, folks. Sorry, but we're trying to bring it back to you. We're trying to bring you some good shows in the future yeah, coming up. It might appear when we do our review of top films for yeah. 2016. It might also be an Oscar bait film. Might be uh, nominated one movie that uh, I saw. You stayed away from Doctor Strange. Tony C also saw that. He said it was okay. He liked that it moved quickly, that they had Strange get injured and have to go and try and get his hands healed and, you know, becomes Doctor Strange quickly. Mm-hmm. Um, it didn't build forever, so he liked that. Um, and he also likes that they planted seeds for uh, the future Doctor yeah, Strange I understand uh, Doctor Strange is going to be in the new Thor movie, which is the only Marvel movie I'm interested in seeing. Thor Rangoric. You don't want to see Taika Waititi. Doctor Stranger oh. when they do the sequel to this? No. You don't want to see good old Benedict Cumberbatch? So. No, I don't even want to see this one. And I probably won't because I have a feeling it's, you know, hero, backstory, how he becomes the hero, and then he goes fight somebody to uh, defeat and save the world. Yeah, you just summed up 80% of all of them. <laughs> I know. That's why, that's why I'm hoping that Thor breaks out of that because they don't have to establish any of the characters. They've already, they will have already done that. It's kind of like why I think I like uh captain america civil war more than some of the films i've seen mm-hmm. in the past in that marvel sequence but i mean they do have to do origin films occasionally because they have to get a new cast of characters in there you know it doesn't look like iron man's oh, going yeah. to be in a whole lot of more films oh no i'm fine with them doing them i'm i just i'm kind of glad that i don't really have to see them <laughs> fair enough so um with that in mind i don't really have anything to show on Amazon or sorry, I don't have a streaming or a red box pick this <laughs> week, but I understand that you're really high on a streaming pick. Oh yeah. One of my favorite shows from last year is back on Amazon prime. All right. And this is red Oak season two. Uh, this was actually season one was your pick about a year ago. Yeah. You turned me Copy onto the cat. show. It stars Craig Roberts, Richard kind and Jennifer gray as this Jewish family. That's just trying to get along, uh, their son, play uh, Craig Roberts, works at the local uh, tennis club. Like Caddyshack. Yeah. It, it very much it's set in the 80s. Richard Kind is hilarious in the film. Mm-hmm. He's sweet, goofy father. Jennifer Grey is a bit of a schizophrenic mother in this. It's <laughs> I thought it was fantastic. I binge-watched it one weekend last year so now that season two has dropped i am very eager to start watching his adversary last year was was the tv star from um paul ritter yeah what's his name paul not paul riser sorry okay did you say rudder ritter i I was mixing up two (laughs) john ritter paul riser three really paul rudd uh is he does he make an appearance in this one or Oh, uh, you sure. want to spoil anything? Yeah. I, oh, okay. You haven't seen the second season. I haven't you're seen. Just interested to going in. Yeah. To, since we're right, doing this during the weekend, this is when I would normally be binge watching TV. But well, you don't have time to go do that because we're going to go right now to go see Arrival at the Dolby Theater 
uh, down in Hampton. We're looking forward to it, I think. This is the first movie I've been to with you in a while. I can't remember the last one. Yeah, we haven't. Heller. No, I, I didn't even see Heller High Walker with you. Wait, did we even, did we see that Western few, from a few episodes ago together? No. Oh my goodness. No, no, you don't right. like going to the movies with me anymore. Or uh, at all. <laughs> with you, I mean. I love movies. <laughs> all right, so uh, that's the We Laugh episode one number 195 thank you for joining me mr uh bull thank you for having me pox at bonum everybody there be dragons mm-hmm.